Are print runs on ultra-modern cards now officially out of control? We're debating that important topic and more on today's Cards on the Table. Hello, sports card investors, and welcome to another episode of our brand new show, Cards on the Table, where we take topics from you, our audience, and we debate them in a fast-paced show. And in fact, we're going to jump right in today because we have some important topics to talk about. And I am joined, of course, by Teapot, our VP of Product Development here at Sports Card Investor. Welcome back. Thank you. And Doug, our Director of Community Partnerships. Yes, sir. A very fancy sounding title for a Kentucky guy. For a very fancy person. You, you, you sh- you, you're leading the way for your University of Kentucky, Kentucky brethren out there. And guys, these are your topics, and let us know what topics you want us to cover in the next episode in the YouTube comments. The first topic we're talking about today is print runs, and this is a very important topic. It's timely right now, because last week, Topps 2022 Baseball Series 1 released. People are searching for these Wander Franco rookie cards, and there are rumors, there's people that have dug into the numbers, other content creators, and they have surmised that it's possible that the print run on these tops cards are between 700,000 and a million. Is that even possible? Are we literally looking at print runs that have gotten that big? I mean, that's back to, you know, 1989 yeah. print run numbers again. Are we there? And more importantly, how concerned as sports card investors should we be? What say you, Teapot? Yeah, we're there. I mean, we're there. I think there's some really intelligent people who have crunched the numbers. All you have to do is look at pack odds, back your way into the numbers, watch a few breaks, extrapolate, and you get a pretty rough estimate of where we are. It's probably somewhere around 700 to 800,000 now for like Wander Franco's rookie card. I'm not that concerned about it, especially with the product like Topps Paper specifically. I think this is the kind of product that was meant to be at that level. One thing I am concerned about right now is that I think the prices are too high based on the print run. The prices right now are based on the chase for Wander Franco's rookie card. The prices of Wander Franco's paper rookie cards are entry level, like first to the market right now. That stuff is going to come crashing down. Just like Mac Jones did. It's, It's already started to. It's going to. What I really wouldn't be doing is sending off Wander Franco rookie base paper cards to PSA. We're seeing Express come back already though. We're seeing like almost walk through. Wild that people are doing that. Could so the most graded card of all time, if we go back in history, back to the junk wax area, was that 1989 Ken Griffey Jr. upper deck card. A total PSA population across all grades of over 87,000 of that card that were graded across all grades. Could it be a situation where like this Wander Franco card could actually? rival that at some point in time? Maybe not with where grading fees are today. It doesn't make mathematical sense, does it? No, it doesn't. I mean, I think if you're sending a card off to PSA, it's the rainbow foil, it's certainly the golds that are numbered to 2022, and it's obviously the parallels. Don't waste your money sending to PSA at 50 or $60 a card or more for this card. Maybe to SGC, Mm -hmm. maybe to CSG at a discounted rate, but I think this, this, this stabilizes things so that 
people are going to learn. It's, you're not going to get your money back over time. I think the wax prices come down and it makes Topps paper, Topps flagship, an accessible entry level product for you know, parents and their children to be able to open and not get too worried about. And there's still really nice chase cards in it. The new home field advantage cards that are kind of the downtown knockoffs. Mm -hmm. There's these flashiest feet that are kind of an homage to the, to the footwear. There's some cool stuff in there. Plus the short prints are really big chases this year. So there are hits. It's a well-designed product in my opinion. I'm not worried about the print run. By the way, if you are going to grade those cards, the base cards, SGC, $25 per card. So considerably more affordable than PSA. If you go through our grading service at Sports Card Investor, that's sportscardinvestor.com, click grading in the main menu bar. Doug, are you running to the hills around these print runs or are you kind of yeah, like teapot, well, you know, it's all right for this type of product? I, I agree with a lot of what Tyler just said, honestly. It's because it's Topps paper, I'm not that worried about it. We actually need a product that's really affordable, that's easy for people that just want to PC a certain player or to get kids involved. You know, it's not that often that a kid can rip a hobby box. This is the kind of product that should be tailored to that, right? Now, the prices are a little high, so they do need to come down some, but maybe this is the card that opens everyone's eyes and it starts to make that, that change. What I really hope happens is that Fanatics, we're out of time here, but I hope Fanatics makes these print runs public going forward and I hope they very intentionally stratify their products so a product like Top Series 1 way overprinted that's okay because I hope they keep the print runs down on the investment caliber products that's the hope exactly. Josh Luber's talked about the fact that he's going to try to do that fingers crossed he does all right this moves us to our second topic which is equally as important which is about grading in general. So whether you're trying to grade these types of cards or whether you're trying to grade any other types of cards, what is the best place for you to grade at today? Because the grading landscapes change so much. Teapot, you cover this exact topic in a video that you did for the Market Movers YouTube channel this past weekend. You dove into the data in depth. Give us a, a quick summary of what you found. We need to debate it. And then people who want to go see that video in more detail, we're going to put the link up in the corner of this video. Yeah, definitely go to our Market Movers channel. We've moved Data Dive over there on Saturdays. So definitely please go follow and, and watch that. Uh, you know, it's basically what I did was I broke down the different factors you want to consider when grading. We touched on this a little bit last week, but really you're looking at three primary factors. One, what's the cost of the raw card and what's the cost to grade? And then two, what is the gem rate? What is the expected gem rate? That's where you can look at all the cards that everybody has submitted for that particular card to these grading companies and figure out how, how much of a probability you have that they're going to gem. And the third factor is gonna be what's the actual resale value, the secondary market value after it's graded. So making some assumptions. So what I did was I took those considerations and I put them into kind of this, this uh, calculation, right? So you have the raw value of the card, the cost to grade, the gem rate, the graded value in a 10 or a 9 with PSA, in a 10 or a 9.5 SGC and down the list, and then what your projected profit is. And I averaged this together so that you get an estimated average value based on those two things. So what you're essentially doing is making the assumption, which isn't a perfect one, that you're going to get a, a gem mint or a mint from these companies if you've already done your pre-screening. And then you kind of estimate, like if I were to send 10 of these, I'm going to average out at $257 a pop for this burrow card that I analyzed. I did the same thing with the trout. This is a really good way to, to look at how you can make profit on these cards and try to project those values. 
Obviously, you want to factor in things like time, uh, you know, to, to return to. Yeah, turnaround time's got to be an important factor. Obviously, I unpack this a lot more in the episode, so please go watch that. Any high-level conclusions in summary in terms of when you would choose PSA, SGC, or BGS? It wasn't really a surprise, but PSA for high-level cards. Yeah. I kind of set my price threshold at like a $300 PSA 10 type card that's got a gem rate of around 50% with PSA. That's when I'd go to PSA. Otherwise, SGC. BGS taking too long, prices higher than PSA, I wouldn't go there right no now. No BGS at all. Now, I can't remember the last time I've heard someone say that they're subbing to BGS or that they even got a BGS sub back. It's it's almost out of the conversation. It took 14 months for me to get my BGS sub back. So you, you feel the same way about BGS? Oh, I do, yeah. And again, it's just, you know, being a part of our Discord, right. being a part of the community, I just don't hear it. You'll yeah. see the slabs from time to time, but you won't hear anybody say, hey, I've got a BGS sub going out or I just got one back. It's just not, again, it's not part of the conversation. Whereas SGC certainly is, PSA is obvious, even CSG is creeping into that a bit, but BGS is, is nowhere to be found. It seems like both PSA and SGC have made tremendous moves yes. investing in expansion, investing in infrastructure, all that type of thing. BGS seems to be behind in that regard. The one thing I will say about BGS is I still love them for the patch cards. Right. I still love them for the thick patch cards. The subgrades to me are important there because the chances that you're gonna gem typically, or, or at least get like a PSA 10 are relatively low. So I love the, I love the, the subs, but I, I hear you. I mean, I think for most cards out there, it's SGC. If it's a lower end card, it's a PSA. If it's a cream of the crop type card, interesting stuff. How long did it take you with your slide ruler and your protractor and your to, to figure all of that out? Because I started, I started having all that go through my mind as you were as you were reciting these numbers. The brain, couple minutes, just put it into a spreadsheet oh, quick, and lay huh? it out. Yeah, the guy that couldn't even work a pen earlier today, you just just a fancy pen. <laughs> I, I do want to know. Do you guys think though, with the with the premium on a PSA ten? At, I found it's like two to one on it's a lot so of much. stuff. It, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And so much of it, though, is just about that perfect 10. I swear if SGC and BGS changed their grading change the grading scales, company, if it, not, would, it would change the game. It would change the game. That would take away a lot of the luster of a black label, which is yes. still so revered. But yeah, obviously, it's the 9.5 yeah. compared to 10. It's the OCD coming in. Yeah. It is. But people love PSA. So, you know, you got it. You got it. You can't argue against the market. Yeah. You got to go with what the market is saying. All right, we're out of time for that topic. But we got a couple important ones to jump into. I want to talk about CSG as well. We haven't talked about them yet, and a reader asked about that. But before we jump into CSG, here's a quick word from our sponsor. And welcome back. I want to talk about CSG because we just had a whole conversation about grading. We talked mainly about PSA and BGS and SGC. But one of the listeners after the last show commented in the YouTube comments and said, talk about CSG. And do you think, do you think there is the possibility with how tough CSG is grading that you could maybe cross over lower graded CSG cards or CSG 9.5 cards? Maybe they could even get PSA 10s. The numbers do back it up. The fact that CSG's gem rate is actually under 40% from cards from 2020 through 2022. So a lot of these ultra modern cards, which sometimes with the other grading companies, especially PSA, sometimes you see gem rates of 50% or higher. We're seeing less than 40% at CSG. Is there some arbitrage opportunity there? And what do you think about CSG grading in general? Yeah, I mean, I think 
there's two cases where maybe I'd use CSG. One is, you referenced it a little bit, almost as a rock hard review. Like send it to CSG, very cheap to get it graded, pretty good turnaround times, and see if it's gonna get a 9.5 or better. And if it does, I'd have a high degree of confidence that it's gonna potentially gem then at PSA or at SGC, but you're probably doing that in the PSA type scenario. The second one, just to kind of think about, is the connection now between CSG and eBay with the authenticity guarantee and CSG and Fanatics having that, that link with Michael Rubin. So who knows what's gonna happen with CSG over time. They might be the fourth you know, team on the line right now in but the they future, better they, man, might, man, they, they better might manage grow. the turnaround times if they're going to be doing the AG and, and stuff. I, I actually, how you said good turnaround times, I've I've heard I've heard the opposite. I've heard CSG's turnaround times, especially on their low cost emissions, have really stretched out. Okay, maybe I say I wasn't I, even aware of that. I don't know what the current stats are, but at yeah. one point I heard they were up to six months on the oh, box wow. emissions. Okay. I don't know if they're there that right now. I definitely now or not. wouldn't do it then. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's you have to factor that in, and I think getting bogged down with authenticity guarantee from eBay is something that could happen in the future. I'm sure they've got plans for that, and they have a workflow, but it's something to watch out for. Uh, as far as my impression of CSG, I love the slabs. I think the slabs. See, I are, hate the slabs. I, I've I heard that. I, I would I would expect that from a Kentucky guy. <laughs> they're crystal clear. They look beautiful. They really highlight the car. Ugliest label I've ever seen. I didn't in my, say the label. What's that it's little? Not, why why, why, why do we have like a little weighing symbol there? What? The, the label is nearly the size of the car. It's so horrible. I can't. It's stand absolutely that. horrible. But the physical slab. It feels the best in hand, and that crystal clarity makes the card really pop. But the labels. The labels. What do you guys think? Yeah. Who's right here? Do you guys love CSG like like fanboy Doug over here, no, or do you or do you not like? Like the CSG slabs, like the sports card investor says, let us know in the comments. I think you're both so, right. he, so, so we're talking about arbitrage. We're both right. Teapot just wants to keep friends around. <laughs> How hate, can we both be label. right? We I can't both be right. right. Yeah. There's no such thing as us both being right. You either hate it or you love, you, you love it or you hate it. Take a side. No, <laughs> but arbitrage opportunities. I think it's important to look for subgrades. Now with subgrades, I think that costs like an extra $10 with CF CSG to get those added to the card. And that's not cheap if you're paying 20 bucks or 30 bucks yeah. a card to add 10 to it. But when you're looking at a picture of a card, the, you're not really going to be able to tell yourself with your eye what gave that a 9.5 or a 9. Was it the edging? Was it the, the, the corners? Was it centering? Maybe you can tell. You're not going to be able to tell the surface. The subgrades are super important. Find high subgrades and there's your arbitrage opportunity. I, I just, so in terms of actually submitting your cards for grading, I just don't see the purpose right now with CSG with their gem rates being low. Just go to SGC. It's, not, it's only a few dollars more. You get your cards quicker. It's better quality. Ah, that's my opinion. SGC through Sports Card Investors Grading Service on our website. Go check it out. All right, guys, final question of the day submitted by a reader. This was about redemption cards. Have redemption cards become more trouble than they are worth? And I, I laugh at this question. I have a personal story to tell. So the, the, um, the first large break that I ever did, that I ever bought into, right? I had done some smaller breaks, but the first big one I ever bought into I remember very clearly because it was July 4th, 2018, and I bought into a big break. We were, we were, I was hanging out with the family on July 4th, and I, I you know, paid back then. There was several hundred dollars, maybe a thousand dollars to buy into a crazy break, which in today's terms, that's probably like oh, yeah. 20 grand worth of product it's that like they Layton's, bust. Uh, Super Bowl it, break. Yeah, it was basically <laughs> that. It went on for hours. It was Mojo Break. It went on for hours on July 4th, and so it was great for me because I got to sit down and kind of take this whole entire thing in, right? And, um, and and you know from that break I'm I'm looking I'm looking here I still have, I still have in Panini's redemption system, uh, it was an NBA break, and I got the Knicks, 
and I have card after card after card of Knicks players, which by the way are now completely worthless, uh, in their redemption system. And I, I actually, I, I have this thing with Knicks. I've gotten Knicks in a, in a random team break. I've now gotten Knicks like several times, or at least that first year I did. I've got like tons of Mitchell Robinson, <laughs> Kevin Knox for days, Panini. This stuff is worth nothing now. It's been sitting there for two or three years. Your own Atlanta Hawk, Kevin Knox. You're going to say that about him? Uh, uh, yeah, your Kentucky Wildcat, Kevin Knox, who can't, can't, can't get in the game. T-Ball, what do you think about uh, redemptions? First off, I think you should swipe one screen, go to your contacts, call Panini, tell him your situation, (laughs) and say, hey, look, send me something for all these redemptions you haven't sent. I have one right now, another player Doug will love, Shea Gilgis Alexander, an Obsidian uh, rookie patch auto to 15. That's a nice card. That I literally sent in back in the middle of 2019 or whenever Obsidian first came out, and I still haven't gotten it back. Um, I hate redemptions. I don't like them. Uh, you know, back in the 90s when they had redemptions, I felt like it was like an isolated thing. It was it was kind of cool. Uh, now it's not. A lot of times these redemption cards are hits that nobody wants anyway. It's like, I'd rather have a really thoughtful insert. I'd rather have a really thoughtful parallel and not some arbitrary zoo animal. And put that in there instead of the, instead of the redemption. I, I really don't like redemptions. It ruins it. You open like, why do you rip wax for the instant gratification? And what about you if go, you rip yeah. old oh, wow. wax and you get an expired? Oh man, that's yeah. the worst. Can we add five minutes or so to this this counter? I've got a lot of things. That- All right, well, let's. We're, we're gonna we're gonna extend. <laughs> we're gonna do a special extension. We're gonna give Doug a minute here to rant about redemptions. Let's go. So you know that's cute that you have one from 2018. We're gonna have people in the comments that are like, oh wow, that's so impressive. I, mine's seven years old. Mine's eight years old. They'll literally sit there for years and years and years. And what's one of the best case scenarios? You get a white box from Panini where they just take a card and put a sticker on there that says white box one of one. It's not a one of one. They just literally put a sticker on there that says white box one of one. Uh, congratulations on not getting your redemption, but here's your, your consolation prize. I've got, you know, I don't want to, I'm getting angry. I'm getting upset. My blood pressure is high now. Um, He's on meds for that. So let's, <laughs> let's, let's take this down a notch. Yeah, I just, the redemptions are the worst. I understand why they happen. You know, you've got guys like Joe Burrow halfway through their contract. They're just like, I'm not going to sign anymore. There's nothing you can do to make me sign. You can't throw money at me to make me sign. And that's what happens. Then, you know, redemptions go unfulfilled. There's got to be a solution to this, though. There's, there's a better solution than having them sit there for seven, eight minutes with no, or years, sorry. Yeah, well, hopefully Fanatics figures that out. I mean, that's that I do think Panini in particular seems to have really, really struggled with this. Hopefully Fanatics can come up with a solution, whatever that is. Yeah. All right, guys. Hey, thank you for that topic. If you have a topic for our next show, leave it in the comments below and we'll pull some of those topics into our next show. Do me a favor right now as well. Hit that like button if you enjoyed this show. And if you haven't subscribed yet, hit that subscribe button and that little bell icon. And the final thing, when we were talking with Teapot earlier and you were going through all that great grading data, you got to go check out the video this guy just did on the Market Movers YouTube channel where he really dove into that data about grading in a lot of depth. It is worth yeah. your time. You will learn some things. You will make some money by watching that video. So go check it out. Go to the Market Movers YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribed to that. We'll also put that link here in the show notes and in this video. Go check that out right now on the Market Movers YouTube channel. Hey guys, this was fun. Appreciate it. Good debating you, sir. Good debating you as well. Absolutely. Like always, second and third place, gentlemen. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll see you back soon with our next episode. Take care.